Hi guys, Tomo Lovrick and Sean Quigley here from What's Going On Here, the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, Pod Directory, and Blueberry. So tune in and have some fun. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of What's Going On Here. My name is Tomo Lovrick, also known as T-Love in, I don't know, lighting circles. Theatrical lighting circles. That's where they know me as T-Love. And with me, as always, I have the one and the only, the young uh, Chancellor, the young Marshal, Lord Marshal, Lord Chancellor. He is uh, her suit. Mm. But sexy, mm. approachable, yet scary, <laughs> daring, but boring. <laughs> <laughs> daring, but safe. <laughs> the young Mr. Sean Quigley, also known as the Quig, as he's known in Brick Mason circles. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm pretty good. Yeah? yeah I'm okay. Yeah? I'm good. Yeah, keeping safe. Keeping safe. Well, safety first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, folks. So we are at long last at the final episode of our Bond arc. We will be determining what, in our opinion, is the best Bond movie. For those of you that don't know, our show, we usually watch uh, the middle 20 minutes of a TV show or a movie or a documentary, some kind of TV televised entertainment that most people have not heard of or seen mm -hmm. and then we watch the middle 20 minutes and try to figure out what's going on if it's a foreign language or not english we turn off the subtitles and dub it over or if it's english and we want to watch it we actually put on subtitles so that it's relayed in a foreign language uh, at the same time we review drinks adult beverages yeah now we've been this is the seventh i think episode of the tournament we do a yearly tournament where we try to determine the best of something at the What's Going On Here podcast. Last year was superhero movies. This year we did Bond movies. Mm. And so we've basically gone down to the eight best movies left over. Yep. We've gone through the whole list. All 26 Bond movies, 24 unofficial. Uh, two, I always say that wrong. 24 official, two unofficial. And um, this is where we're at, last episode. And before I read off what are the movies left... The drink we are reviewing in a very Bond fashion for the last four episodes have been various vodka martinis. Mm. So we did a vodka martini with Crystal Head Vodka on the first one. Then we did a vodka martini with Belvedere Vodka, both delicious. Mm -hmm. And then last week we did a Vesper Martini in honor, unlike most people might think it's from the Casino Royale movie with Daniel uh, Craig. No, it was in the book way back when. Mm. Named after the Vesper character, I'd assume. And um, we did that with the Crystal Head Vodka, but we did it with Hendrix Gin, which was, again, super delicious. Mm -hmm. I think got the highest marks of any drink we've ever had. Yep. That one, the first, the Crystal Head Vodka, that's why we chose Crystal Head Vodka for the Vesper, Vesper Martinis. 
And um, there's, I think, one or two beers that we did that got like 4.7. So today's Vesper Martini is my favorite gin, Monkey 47, which was recommended by a friend from high school. And for years, I've just adored this gin. Um, Went to a very well-to-do high school. Well, uh, yes, we were just walking around drinking gin after in between classes. That's what yes. we were doing. Yes, yes. But um, <laughs> um, so the Vesper Martini is basically um, one part vodka, two parts no four parts uh, gin, and uh, no two parts vodka, four uh, four parts gin, and uh, one part um, Noali Pratt. It's supposed to be. Lilit, which is like a white wine liqueur, mm. but we didn't have it. And you can, in some circles, you can substitute that. So that's what we have. We have Monkey 47, uh, Crystal Head Vodka, and Noali Pratt Vermouth. Mm-hmm. And I might have gotten those uh, dimensions wrong. I did it correctly when I mixed it, I can assure you. But anyway, I can write about it later. Anyway, that's the real star of our show, mm. are the drinks. Yeah. It used to be the food as well, but we kind of ran out of places to go to because we've hit so many. Yeah. And we're not doing chains because chains don't need our help. No. <laughs> you know. We do get the McDonald's that is... Uh... <laughs> oh, we were trying the new <laughs> McShake for St. Patty's Day. <laughs> oh. Well, all you <laughs> bastards out there, you better get on down to the Golden Arches <laughs> because we're going to have a grand old time. Pour a little bit of Baileys in there too. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, Vesper Martini with Monkey 47 Schwarzwald Dry Gin which is um, distilled in Schaberhof, just south of Lossberg. So it's a German gin. German gin. German gin. And I think we should try it before we carry on with the show. What do you think, my Why friend? Why not? Let's go. Well, here we go. Cheers. Nice little lemon Ooh, twist. Yes. Cheers, indeed. Oh. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Ooh. Oh, that smell. Oh, my. That is a tingly... Sensation. <laughs> wow. Mm. For plain booze, that is so flavorful. Yeah. Man. That is, I mean, they, they advertise that they have, I think, 47 botanicals in it. Yeah. But man, that's good. Oh, this is so dangerous. This is so dangerous, this drink. Like, I mean, we joke sometimes about beer being dangerous. Yeah. They'd be like, whoa, I'd be really, like... You know, given the wrong If you were at a barbecue and this is all they were <laughs> and serving. This, and this was the only thing they were serving. What the fuck <laughs> kind of barbecue are you at? <laughs> are they barbecuing people? <laughs> yeah, let's put another one on the fire. This <laughs> is all we have. Oh, this is in case we run out of charcoal. We yeah. throw this on a fire. Oh, that yeah. would be great barbecue. I won't lie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Holy crap, this is nice. Yeah, I mean, it's so nice that you could just... I mean, I could... I mean... I'd mm. literally kill myself with this, I reckon. I'd just <laughs> sit there and just keep drinking and be like, okay, this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want another one? Sure. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. God, this is a good drink. I think this mm. might be the highest that I'm going to ever give. Because I can tell you right now, it's definitely higher than any of them. Yeah. That gin, man. I that gin is something else, huh? I warned you. The botanicals, it tastes like it's good for me as well. Yes, it tastes it does. like it's doing medicinal it, like it benefits to me. This this <laughs> gin tastes like when your mother would put Vicks vapor rub on your chest when you were a kid. You inhale yeah. it, and it's all mentally goodness, and you're like, I'm getting better, even though I'm probably just like burning my eyelashes oh, yeah. off. 
Well, this I think that has to be it has to be an example of something you either love, like in the case of or hate, dad, or hate, or hate, because that's like that medicinal kind of tasting stuff that I like. But yes. I know a lot of people who hate no, that right, stuff. right, right. I, yeah, I'm sure. Well, I know like a, a good buddy of mine. He despises gin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He hates the whole like tin, the piney flavor. He hates that. Mm. I think this is wonderful. Mm. Yeah. I actually asked for a Vesper Martini the other day, and they didn't have Lillette. And they're like, oh, we can't do it. We don't have Lillette. And I was—I didn't want to, like, we were getting lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to go just to show you my state of mind because I'm ordering martinis at lunch. Um, <laughs> it was the weekend, though, to be fair. It was, like, on Sunday. Yeah. And um, and I didn't want to get into an argument. I'm like, well, just put vermouth in there because, you know, it's like, vermouth doesn't go in this drink. I know, I know, but, but this is... I'm going to have to buy some Lillet just to like mix it with the Lillet and see what happens. Yeah, who knows what Lillet's like. Yeah. I think I, I have had a Vespa before, so I probably have Lillet. This is... Yeah. This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, I was a big proponent of Monkey 47 just for the plain old gin and tonic before. Mm-hmm. Now, keep your tonic. I'm good with the Vesper. Hmm. Oh, oh, you know what? If just a straight gin martini with some olives in it with the Monkey 47, mm. probably be amazing. Oh. A whole jar of olives. Oh, we're supposed to do the Negroni. Oh, yeah. We could do the Negroni on one of the... Ooh, that would probably be delicious. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now that we've tasted that, Forbidden Fruit, <sighs> whew, it's like... Ava Green just walked through the door and oh, yeah. poured us a drink. Yeah. It's that delicious. Oh, it's so nice. It's so nice, isn't it? Ooh, just all so of it. it. <laughs> I'm smelling it. I love the smell. I'm thinking like, God, I wish I had, I wish I had a cologne that smelled like that. <laughs> you know, like from other people's perspective. <laughs> you'd be like, oh, God. It's like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> here it comes. Booze oh, and freaking tent. <laughs> oh, gin rubby over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just came back from the alcoholics uh, unanonymous barbecue, so that's why. Hmm. <laughs> All right. So, for those of you who have been following us, these are the final eight movies we have. In the Q region, we have Skyfall versus From Russia with Love, a number one versus a 12. Casino Royale versus Spectre, a number eight versus a number four. Gold, and then in the Felix Lighter region, we have Goldfinger versus Diamonds Are Forever, a number three versus a number ten. And Quantum of Solace versus Thunderbolt, a number eleven versus a number two. Mm-hmm. And just to repeat, we have assigned the rankings according to the inflation adjusted gross box office numbers. So, just, just to kind of clarify that, Thunderball by Sean Connery and Goldfinger, also Sean Connery, in uh, 1965 and 64, respectively, are the number two and three movies in terms of money made in yeah. the Bond universe, mm. which is nuts when you think about it. Yeah, it is. It is. It is strange. Considering that, that what's number one is Skyfall, that made like $1.2 billion. Yeah. So... So yeah, so so if 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 you're curious to know which ones were eliminated in that first round of Q, so Skyfall eliminated the man with the golden gun, from Russia with love eliminated Live and Let Die, Casino Royale eliminated just the worst I think Bond movie Moonraker, um, Spectre eliminated Die Another Day, 
Goldfinger eliminated Goldeneye. The Spy Who Loved Me eliminated Diamonds Are Forever. Or, or I should say, Diamonds Are Forever eliminated The Spy Who Loved Me. You, uh, you Only Live Twice lost to Quantum of Solace. And Thunderbolt defeated on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Mm. So unfortunately, or fortunately, and I think it's almost appropriate that the only bonds left in the competition are Connery and Craig. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the first and the last. I mean... Uh, Brosnan had a good run with Goldeneye because it made number 14. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, that was a tough one because Thunderball was just such a good movie. Yeah. And Lazenby was was a good Bond. I know a lot of people don't like him, but I thought he was Especially a good Bond. After watching the watching documentary? documentary on him, like, oh, I'm so charmed by him. Like, I... He's a char- you can understand why he got it. Yeah, and, I, and like you said, I feel sorry for him, you know, his story and everything, like... He never was going to be Bond. He was never going to keep doing it and be a legend and what they wanted. But no. as we say at the end, he's like, realistically speaking, if he'd have gone back, he probably would have done another one. He would like to have done two just so he could yes. say like, hey, I'm not that guy who did the one. And, you know, um, right. I mean, I think the problem with him was that he just came from so little. Mm. He couldn't reconcile all of it that was happening. Yeah. And then, on top of it all, you know, he's Australian, proper, like, live life and be free kind of stuff. Yeah, getting told what to do. And then getting told what to do and how to cut your hair and what clothes to wear. I mean, who wants to do that? Yeah. You know, you really don't want to do that. So, I can understand, I can understand why he left. It was, I mean, in 1969, he turned down $2 million. Or actually, it was a $7 million, it was a seven movie, $6 million deal or something like that. Back then. Yeah. To put that in perspective, my aunt and uncle bought a house in Flushing, Queens, New York City in 1967 or 69. Two-family house for $37,500 yeah. back then. And this dude was being offered millions of dollars back mm. then. I think they said in the documentary they were offering him, I think it was between one or two million. I think like it was well, That was million. the signing bonus, but it was a seven-picture deal. Yeah. And the, but the, one of the reasons he turned it down is because someone else was said like, oh yeah, but Sean Connery and these other guys, they're making $500,000 a movie. Yeah, So yeah, like, yeah. you don't need this. You'd be able to make that in like a couple of years, you'll make that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, he, yeah. Was, he was, he was very charming. Like, I know there's a lot of negative press out about him, but when you just like sat there and watched that interview. Now, or the documentary, I should say, the documentary wasn't anything but somebody recounting his stories yeah yeah there wasn't they didn't hit him with the hard questions they weren't investigating anything they were like tell us how you became bond yeah and that's all it was and in that scope he was very charming he was he's the one guy he's the one actually that's not true. i was gonna say he's the one bond that i'd like i'd be interested to meet yeah but i'd love to meet connery as well i'd like to meet all of them quite frankly yeah i think i, I connery for sure yeah, yeah i would yeah. love to have met roger moore yeah because he was just supposed to be a sweetheart of oh, a man charming. Yeah, he was very charming man. I wouldn't mind meeting Brosnan. Yeah, I feel like he'd be grumpy. I don't think he'd want to. You think he'd be about Bond? Probably. Just in general, I feel like he's a little grumpy. You think so? I don't know. I don't know. I don't get that feeling. I don't get that feeling. But yeah, Connery for sure. But Connery would probably like smack me and tell me to clean his freaking shoes after about two sentences. Yeah. Because talk about grumpy. (laughs) He'd be grumpy. He has an apartment on the Upper West Side. Does he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. He lives up there. I thought he lived somewhere in Spain. No, he lives his. Well, he might have a place there, but his his main residence now is on is on the Upper West Side. Oh, well, good for him. Yeah. 
All right, so let's 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 do it then. You want to start with the Q region or the Felix Lighter region? Let's go with Felix because I think this is the easier one. Okay, I I you know what I I agree with you there. Okay, so Goldfinger versus Diamonds Are Forever. Mm. I think to me that's an easy one. Yeah, we've talked about these films now. Oh, oh, oh last time we've covered a lot of the basic ground. Mm. Goldfinger. They really hit their stride in Goldfinger. Diamonds Are Forever is Connery's last one of the official Bonds, yeah. which was very entertaining. And re it, it's kind of like they got away from that. The actual gritty spy mm. stuff, they kind of got away from with more. And, oh, that's, yeah. and I think that's what they tried to do with Dalton, bring it back. And like, that's why they show him like as a sniper, like taking a guy out like this is grittier and then they went even further with that with Bond and then they tried to really like accentuate it with Craig I think it's just his, his personality I heard Sean Connery talking about in an interview about the difference between him and Roger Moore because they were quite good friends uh-huh and really uh, I didn't know that yeah they, they were they were pretty good friends they were the same age um in fact Roger Moore might have been a little older actually three years older I think yeah, yeah. um but I, someone did an interview with Connery shortly after it was during the Moore movies and he was obviously trying to get like an ad antagonistic kind of response assuming that you know Connery wouldn't like the movies right and he made it and he was like yeah well he was like you know the films are different they've changed they're not what they were when I was doing them they're more of a spoof they're more comedy yeah films now but he's like but that's Roger's personality yeah like he's a they, sillier guy it's the, the advantage of this character is the movies become what who you are what you bring to it is what they are right and he, yeah, and he's a lighter guy. Yeah, he's like that in real life. Yeah, like he's you know the one-liners, the Cheeky. smiles. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, nice, yeah, yeah. and like it doesn't make sense for him to do a more cold film. It's it's actually true because that's the, the when you watch the movies, and and I've said this before, I actually love this exercise of watching all these movies mm. to prepare for this because it gives gives me more of an appreciation for movie critics because, like I said, there's no way I would be able to do it without watching it twice at least. But you also see the stark differences from one Bond to the other. Yeah. And the one that stood out for me with Moore was the fact that his approach to the women in the film was very, actually, kind. Oh, yeah. Compared to Connery's. Yeah. Connery was all about, we're, I'm screwing you whether you like it or not. Yeah. I was, there was a firm sense of consent. With you know, it, it really, yeah. really was. And, yeah. and, like, and not only that, like when he would interact with these women, even like... Uh, Maud Adams in Goldfinger, mm. like she says something, they didn't change him and make him like a feely go touchy hippie thing. Like when she tried to kind of squirrel her way out of telling where Scaramanga was, he like pops her one in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "What did you say?" You know, kind of like, "Bitch, you better have my money." <laughs> like <laughs> he definitely like pimp handed yeah. her. But then like whenever it would happen, he would always convey this like, you know, this 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 person didn't deserve this. Mm. Like when they would be killed or something, and he would always try to be gentle and kind of like, oh, you know, he'd still sleep around with everybody, but he was always like, he approached it with a little more caring than as Connery, where he'd be like, ah. Like the only time I, I thought Connery like approached anyone with caring two times was in, in Goldfinger with the girl that got like covered in gold. Uh -huh. And he was pissed about that. Yeah, yeah. And in uh, You Only Live Twice, when the Japanese girl that he was kind of falling for died. Mm -hmm. And that was like the only two times. But with Moore, it was almost like every girl he interacted with, he was worried about and tried to make I sure. I get the sense that, I mean, that Bond's an orphan by, you know, backstory, technically. Yes. Yeah. But I get the sense that Roger Moore's Bond 
that at some point in his life he had a strong female role model. Yes. A mother figure. Yes. Just because of the way he's turned out. Yes. Whereas Connery, I buy, is like literally grew up with no mother, no father, was raised military just by men and just like, that's what he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So there's someone in Roger Moore's... Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that imparted tenderness. Yeah. And, and you know, it was rough because they were both like kids when World War Two started. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there wasn't a whole lot to be had, et cetera, et cetera, you know, with all the bombings and everything. And then going forward, it makes sense why George Lazenby, why I, why I, as an actor, why I really like that movie so much and his performance is I think I just, there's a groundedness to Lazenby that for me comes across in the Bond portrayal in that film. Like, he just, it feels slightly more grounded in reality. Like, it yes. just... He just seems like a real guy. Yes. I buy it more. I'm like, okay, no, yes. I feel like he's just, he's not really bullshitting. He's just kind of doing it. Well, like I said, the whole, the whole approach for that movie and that script that they did. Mm -hmm. And, and like I said, Thunderball is a fantastic script. When you're just looking at scripts from Russia with love, yeah. uh, Goldfinger, these are actually really good, they're good stories. Yeah. You know, they might get a little bit hokey with, you know, like we said, with knickknack and, and this other thing, but the stories themselves and like the plots that the evil guys have are really good. And what I loved about On Her Majesty's Secret Service was that he was undercover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's a spy. That's what you're, you're supposed to be, like, fooling guys and wearing masks and mustaches kind of stuff. And he kind of tried with the whole, with the kilt. And, you know, he's a gay Scottish genealogist. And, you know, so that, like you said, that part of it definitely felt more grounded in reality. And the fact that when they were chasing him, as opposed to him just being a badass, said, let me just turn the corner and kick 30 guys' ass. Yeah. And the fact that uh, Diana Rigg bails him out like at the ice skating ring or some winter yeah. festival in Switzerland or whatever. All of that, kind of like you said, I think was a little more based in reality. It's like, yeah, he needs to get away because he has 30 guys chasing him. Yeah. He can't, you know, and they got machine guns. He, he can't stay around and hand-to-hand -hand this. He needs mm -hmm. to get the hell away. And so, yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I think it was just a lot more grounded in reality. So, Goldfinger, Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, I think it has to be Goldfinger. I like yes. it's that's the movie that if I was to say I'm not gonna go out there at this point, especially considering doing this tournament, but I wouldn't go out there and say like necessarily it's the best movie out of all the movies. But if I had to choose one movie to show somebody to try and get them into Bond, you know, I mean if they're a contemporary and they hadn't watched James Bond and I, I had to show them a movie that I know they would enjoy, yeah. I'd probably show them one of the contemporary ones, you know, Skyfall, Casino Royale. Sure, sure, sure. But if I had to show someone to try and pique their interest into Bond in general, yes. like this is a Bond movie. Yes. And like one of the originals. Goldfinger would be the movie I think that yes. I would show someone if I'd pick one for my wife to be like an, one of the original movies that might pique her interest, yeah. I think it would be Goldfinger. Because yeah. there's just the right amount of fun yeah. and like Drama and like, and spy then the stuff. gadgets really get introduced in that yeah. one. I mean, they had the gadgets in in from Russia with Love. That was like the real first introduction when Q shows the the briefcase, yeah, yeah, yeah. with all the little trips and smoke them out and that kind of stuff. But you're right, Goldfinger is between from Russia with Love was kind of the template because, like we said, in Doctor No, they weren't quite sure yet what they had. They didn't yeah. know what they were doing quite yet. From Russia with Love became the blueprint. And then Goldfinger really kind of solidified, yes, this is what yeah, we're doing. That's what it big is. Big scope, big production, big evil plots for world domination. I mean, you know, yeah. and, and, and it took off from there. And I mean, Diamonds Are Forever, 
was good because it was Blofeld and it was kind of like coming full circle and finally getting Blofeld. Mm. But in terms of plots, I mean, that was the main thing. It's like he has to get Blofeld. There wasn't really anything going on besides him smuggling diamonds. At that point, it was almost like a like a Ocean's Eleven yeah, yeah, yeah. gig, you know. Yeah. And I'm trying to stop Ocean's Eleven from doing it. So it was entertaining. I loved Jill St. John in it. I loved all the the Willard White and the whole thing with and the cheesy uh, 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 Felix um, who makes a return in in uh, um, License to Kill. Oddly enough, mm. after what is it, some seventeen years. Yeah. But Goldfinger, by far, is the better of those two movies. You said about Doctor No, and then that potentially the new Daniel Craig movie might, you know, have a allure to that Doctor No from what I read. Mm -hmm. Apparently, because it's set in the same place, set in Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be this reclusive scientist who, you know, he's fine. I bumped into. Uh, Ram Malik the other day. Did you? Yeah. That's wow. That's throwing some names around right now, the quig. <laughs> you see that? Daring but boring. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> old Rami uh, bumped into him in the uh, child supplement aisle of uh, Whole Foods Market okay. in Soho slash Chelsea okay. area of New York City yeah. the other day. Yeah. In rehearsals for a theatrical production mm. that I'm doing in the upper side. That's right. Side. You, you want to plug it? Uh, I'll plug it at the end, I guess, maybe. Okay. We'll see. Yep. Uh, um, but <laughs> I, I was doing rehearsals in, in like, sort of the village area, Soho, no, technically Noho, I guess. I, I get confused with the areas. Okay. Uh, Bleecker Street area. Okay. And um, I was in Whole Foods shopping for my child who uh, was ill and getting this supplement. It was a probiotic, looking for a child's probiotic, this sort of shit you would get in Whole Foods right 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 and um, and Rami Malik was just there as well looking uh, we were in the same aisle like, next to each other and I was like oh look that's Rami Malik and surprisingly he's a lot bigger than I thought he would be he wasn't really small on screen I just thought he was he's, a very little he's man slight. He's, he's slight he's slight yes but he was about the same height as I am okay which surprised me because I thought he looks short to me he yes. looks like he's small and I think he was probably an inch to half an inch shorter than me but, okay but you were expecting you more of a thing. Yeah, no, I thought he'd be like 5'7 or something. Right, right, like, right. No, 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 he's not. Because one of the things I had watching the Bohemian Rhapsody film is I felt like he looked too small compared to what Freddie Mercury was. Right, right, right. Freddie Mercury was, I think it's my height, he's like 5'10. Right, right, right. He always, one of the things I think about Freddie Mercury is that he wasn't a little guy. Like he was, he was, a, he was actually, you know. Well, I, I'll tell you this about Freddie Mercury. When I was a kid, and I don't know if I've ever told this story before, um, it, this is like this is all about perspectives, like from when you're a kid when you're growing up. And before this video, like Shanana, I don't know if you ever seen that show that used to be popular in the U.S. in the '70s. No. It was like a a, a, a variety show, uh -huh. and they had these guys that were like a bunch of greasers from like Greece or something. Okay. And one of the guys was Bowser, and he used to be able to like bump his arm like that, and mm -hmm. like my father used to do it, and so right away I thought my father was a superhero, yeah. and so he taught me how to do it, and I was able to do it. And I always thought Bowser was this tough guy. And then I, you know, became a teenager. I saw a picture of Bowser from back then. And he was probably like 6'2", but maybe 130 pounds. You know, it was yeah. like, oh my God, you know. <laughs> Equally, Freddie Mercury, the video I was, it must have been 1978 or 79. The video came out, crazy little thing called Love. Oh, yeah. And he's famously, they're all dressed like bikers. And he's got the, he's got the wife beater t-shirt on. And he rips it up. Gotta be cool. You know, he's got a hairy chest. 
And my seven-year-old self, you know, (laughs) was like, this guy is so fucking tough. I can't believe how tough he was. So he's, he tears open his chest. And at that point, my mom's youngest brother, my uncle was with us. He was about 19 years old, 20 years old at the time. He was in the army. And I I had a white beater shirt on as I watched this video. And there was like a little hole in it. So I was like sticking my little fingers in this little hole trying to like rip it open. And I barely got my fingers in just to widen the hole a little bit. And my uncle saw what I was doing and popped me right in the back of the head. Uh, and he's like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> now your mother has to sew this up. And I was like, oh, sorry. You know, yeah. I'm like just sitting there feeling stupid. But, you know, I was so inspired by Freddie Mercury ripping his shirt off <laughs> that I wanted to do the same thing as I'm watching this thing. <laughs> Luckily, my uncle stopped me in time because otherwise my mother would have beat my ass yeah. for tearing up a perfectly good undershirt. <laughs> so, yeah. So I used to think Freddie Mercury was just a tough guy. And then, you know, yeah. you become an adult and you're like, oh, he's just a skinny guy that's hairy. That's all yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So did you tell Rami Malek that he's shit? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't say that to him. Okay. I didn't. But he's, uh, you know, he's not nice, but he was, uh, yeah, I didn't say that. It's funny. I don't know if it's just me or in general, like, there are certain, I, I, I've been fortunate or like, I wouldn't even say fortunate because it doesn't really fucking matter. I don't really care. But I've, I've been in the presence of a whole bunch of really famous people. Right. In various times throughout the years, like all sorts of people, like Andrew Lloyd Webber, like Tom Cruise and all these people in between. And like, the, the, there are some people uh-huh. that have like a magnetic presence. Sure. And you get it. And sure. you're like, okay, I understand that. A couple of them, Idris Elba and um, Jared Butler are two that I can think of. That I'm like, okay, I get that. Um, and really, also, Jared Butler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, I understand. Um, and the other one was Aaron Eckhart. Another one, like big presence. You're like, I like this okay, guy. Okay, oh yeah, yeah I, I can see that. Yeah, and yeah, he's a little guy. He's only about five, seven, five, eight. Really like, small. Yeah, small guy. Really, um, he looks. He looks like he, I. I figured he'd be about my height, nah, six he's feet. A, he's a little guy, big hands though. He shook my hand, and it was like, like a bunch of bananas. Big, yeah, big yeah, hand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Small guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Yeah, certain people, and that, those people very big, but Tom Cruise uh-huh. and Rami Malek certainly just like people. Just like Nicole Kidman is another one who's like ethereal presence. Yeah, I'm like, okay, no, I get that. Yeah, like, yeah. She just well, she's, like, she's like 5'10 also and yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. She's just pale, and yeah, just, yeah, just, yeah. She's like an people, elf in the forest. Tom Cruise and Rami Malek, two of them, and Rami Malek's got a fucking Oscar, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like literally. That you just like, oh, that's Rami Malek there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's no like, oh, he's yeah, a star. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. No, he's just a dude who's like, dude. Yeah, he won yeah. an Oscar. But like, I was like, not even because sometimes Plus, you see people and you're like, oh, I have yet. I John have... Hurt, I saw once in London walking down the street, and I got really excited about it. I had to tell everyone I met. I was like, oh, I just saw John Hurt. John Hurt, fucking John Hurt. I, I've, I've yet to be starstruck like that with. Yeah, yeah. Because I've run, <clears> when <throat> I was a little kid at the airport in Zagreb in Croatia. Elton John mm. was waiting for an airplane. And I remember just, and like, I was like, I think this was right before we came to the States. So I was about 13 years old. And I was like, you know, and so, you know, that's the whole like puberty's onset. Um, back then I was big into like music, having a, you know, like, I had a band, like me and my buddies, we had three guitars and a bucket, and we were a band basically, you know. Uh, um, and I was just like, big, and like my mom was like, go say hi. And I'm just like, and he was literally sitting like on his suitcase, yeah, just waiting, you know. 
big giant fucking diamond. That diamond earring was probably more than everything my family owned, you know, because <laughs> in his ear. And I was just like, no, no, no. I, I was always like of the few, like I don't want to bother people. Yeah, I'm a fan. This is all I'm gonna do. That's probably the only time I was that starstruck. <laughs> There's probably a few people that I imagine that I'd be like really just because I've been such a huge fan. Um, in terms of acting, it'd probably be like Patrick Stewart and Anthony Hopkins. Like I think I'd be just like, whoa, you know, kind of. Well, I have had a conversation with Patrick Stewart. Oh, uh, have you? Yeah, he rang me. He rang me. He rang you. Was he, he asking me. where the where the food was? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. But that was that was my job. I worked for a while. I used to work in my old drama school uh-huh. on the front desk and reception. And he rang one day to ask about a uh, summer school. Okay. Uh, which is very nice. Actually, a nice little story. He was. Um, I used to work on the front desk at RADA, uh-huh. and he rang up one day. And this is a man, and hey, come and think of it, he probably did it on purpose because he wanted me to try and like give him good information. Yeah. But I don't know, or maybe he's just used to it. Like once you get to a certain fame, you get used to being like, you know, shit gets done quicker if I'm front street. If I'm dropping, I just load my name in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when you think about it with restaurants and stuff, he literally probably gets used to doing it because of that. Because like, well, I just put my name out here and you recognize my voice, so you know it makes sense. But I pick the phone, and most people when they ring up are just like, uh, hi, um, uh, you know. But he instantly pick the phone, I'm like, oh, hi, you know, uh, Sean speaking, uh, World Camera Jamaica, oh, how can I help you? And he just like, he was like, he was like, oh, yeah, uh, Patrick Stewart here. Patrick um, Stewart here. Yeah. Just wondering. And when he rang, and it was, he said a young fan of his uh-huh. had got in contact with him okay. through an intermediary. Okay. He said, and and was asking about uh, if there were any acting programs that he recommended that they could do during summer. Uh-huh. They were still in school. They weren't old enough to go to a drama school yet. Right. But they wanted to like a camp. Engage, yeah, 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 engage yeah, in yeah. training. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they knew if it was something that they would do when they were leaving school. And they asked his opinion. Yes. And 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 he said, and it was like, and naturally, I thought you'd be the best people to ask. So uh-huh. I'm ringing you if you'd have anything. And and he and he asked. He said, and I would like to, um, and I'd like to sponsor them if there's any. Uh, yeah. Oh. Course, I would oh, nice. So like, we'll do a favor. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's cute. As in, like, pay for the fucking. Yeah. Thing. Probably. Um. And that that actually happened quite a lot. A lot of people. When I say a lot, a, a few people got their uh, school fees paid for by famous actors. Sure. Chadwick Boseman being um, foremost in my mind right oh, now. Oh, yeah, was, yeah. Denzel Washington paid for his schooling. Oh, he did? Yes. And he oh. went, I think Chadwick went to Oxford? Oh. Or, or Cambridge or something like I that? I didn't know that. And Denzel Washington picked up the tab. I didn't know that. Yeah. Does it... I, I, I could be wrong about the school, but I'm pretty sure it was in the UK. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Denzel Washington picked up the tab. I know Richard Attenborough paid for what's-her-name's school, but he was literally the president of the school at the time, so... Um, what's her name from the OC? Misha Barton. Really? <laughs> he paid for her to study uh, for a summer at RADA. Oh, okay. Um, and and she became big. <laughs> nah. Um, yeah. Well. But, and there's a couple of people like Annie Hopkins. Uh, I think Annie Hopkins sponsored someone for one year. And it happens on a much lower level as well. When I went to music school after drum school, huh? I got sponsored by some rich guy. 
uh, and and we were paraded in front of him on like the week before graduation, like a slave auction. I was gonna say, <laughs> like a Roman slave auction. Yeah, that's what it literally this felt like. Fabulous for us. This testicles. one. This is who you've been sponsoring. He come forward here. Look, come he, forward. he comes on command. Look at this. That, that's what it this felt one, like. This one. This one is. Please don't blame him for his Irish name. It's Quigley. Yep. However, he has very strong testicles. Uh, Sean, drop your pants, please. Yep. The man wants to see your testicles right now. He like contributed to like a thousand. I don't even think about it. Like when I signed up, they were like, "Oh, we've we've secured your bursary for like a thousand pounds towards nice. your thing." I'm like, oh, "Okay, that's good." And I didn't have to do anything. Yeah, just yeah, as yeah, part yeah. of it. Um, and uh, you know, before graduation, it was during our last performance. The head of the course comes up to me. and She was like, "Sean, you've got me and another guy, Sean and Matt. I've got someone you need to meet. He's actually the guy who sponsored your bursary." Oh. Who's um and uh, he he didn't have any interest beforehand, but like he came to see the show, and he'd like to meet you now to just see you know and just she just like thank him whatever mm. okay so since so this back room and this fucking royal like boardroom and he and, and he's like, standing <laughs> and he was literally like he's like oh hello he's like a, I have to go to dinner I just watched the show it's very good um uh, good to meet you I'm very glad I can help you know I uh, wish you all the best of luck and um. Well, I'm actually. I said I'm just off to dinner with some friends in town, and uh, I hope you wouldn't mind. They would. They would get quite the chuckle if I managed to get a, a picture with you. Uh, that would be. Uh, that would be quite the conversation starter for the evening, if you wouldn't mind. I'm like, yeah, okay. So we're standing there with this rich guy. He's like taking a picture of both of us. Like these, the two boys I sponsored. Oh, look at these lads! Uh, the two precious. poor boys I sponsored at the school. Uh, perhaps there will be something one day. I don't know. Perhaps you know. No, my, one day one of them might win a Tony. I, know. <laughs> I was like, this is so fucking embarrassing <laughs> how do you do that like oh well, god you know what I get it but it's still <laughs> nice that some fucking random dude just yeah. like gives you a thousand dollars well like, two thousand dollars we were it was like literally just um, yeah, yeah he's yeah. one of these people that gives you know sponsors the academy a sponsor of the arts yeah, 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 yeah. So every year sponsors them and yeah. I think he gets his name Sure, sure, thing, sure. On flax, know. yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's but, what happens. Yeah. So that happened. That happened quite a lot. But um, but yeah, then Patrick was going to pay for that kid, and okay. there was a uh, there was a summer school program at the time. So like you know, I hooked him up and whatever. But I always thought that was I just thought that was funny. I also followed him once uh, for a pe- for a few blocks, and then and then stopped because I felt awkward about it. <laughs> yeah, it's called stalking. <laughs> <laughs> because I know where to go. I was literally walking around in between a rehearsal, I think, for something, and he popped out of the Young Vic. He was doing um, a show at the time at the Young Vic in London, and I saw him, and Patrick Stewart's one of those you don't miss. You're like, yeah. oh, that's Patrick Stewart. Yeah, yeah, and he was yeah. obviously looking for a car or something, so yes. he was looking at all the cars, and he was like wandering around. He was sort of aimlessly wandering, uh-huh. and I was just like two or three people behind him on the street, just aimlessly following the man who was aimlessly wandering, <laughs> and then realised what I was doing. I was like, okay. I'm okay, I'm stalking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> the, the, see, you missed a golden <laughs> opportunity. You should have been like, Patrick! Patrick! Patrick, you spoke to me once, do you Pat- remember? Patrick, let's <laughs> go to the pub. I've got a couple of drinks for you. Yeah. <laughs> and been like uh, Richard Harris and Peter O'Toole going to the oh, freaking pub in between scenes. All right. So, all right. So, I think we agree. Goldfinger, tops, diamonds are forever. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. That's a long way to say that. It was. Yeah. It does. It does. All right. Goldfinger, beach diamonds are forever. So, now, Quantum of Solace versus Thunderball. Again, yeah. this is easy. Yeah. As much as I like Quantum of Solace, and I really think it was... When I watched it the second time, I thought actually it was a much better movie than I remember it to be. It did well to get to this point. Um, but Thunderball, I think, is... Again, it, 
It's not the blueprint because the blueprint was already established with 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 uh, from Russia with love and from Goldfinger. But I think Thunderbolt kind of just like was the peak. And I mean, obviously, the numbers kind of bear out to it. Thunderbolt was just the 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 best combination of story, you know, plot, action, all the side characters, location, all of it was just I thought it was brilliant. So, yeah. Um, I think Thunderbolt. I mean, the fact that when Connery came back for Never Say Never Again, and they just basically took the script from there's Thunderbolt. A yeah. There's a reason. They tried to do it again, and it, it, it never happened. They tried to do the same thing with... Yeah, because uh, the guy still owns the rights to it. Yeah, they tried to make another one in the 90s with um, Timothy Dalton. Yeah. And it fell through. Yeah. Um, they were going to do another remake of Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so Goldfinger and Thunderbolt. So, do we go to the Q region, or do we... Uh, determine uh, which goes into the finals, Goldfinger or Thunderball. Because this is actually kind of a tough one. That is tough. That is, is tough. tough. Let's let's go let's go let's yeah. go to the Q region then and, yeah. and determine this. So it's Skyfall versus From Russia with Love, and this one seems tougher than it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't. I feel sad because, like I yeah. said, From Russia with Love is the is the uh, 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 blueprint. For this is where they established what James Bond was. Yeah, and of course I have like the pony in the game because they actually stop in Zagreb on the station going through Croatia, because mm. that's where I think that's where uh, Robert Shaw introduces himself. Uh, I think in Zagreb. Interesting. On yeah. the train station on their way out. But anyway, back when Zagreb was like this evil, mysterious Soviet. Let me. No, it was never Soviet. Oh, okay. And my father is definitely one of the. Um, Conspiracy theorists that actually said Tito, who ruled Yugoslavia until 1980 when he died, was not the real Tito. Because huh. Tito went to Russia at some point after or before World War II and came back. And everyone said the Rus- like Stalin switched them out. <laughs> and, and, the, and the real Tito... <laughs> no, seriously. Well, yeah. they said like, and, and Tito, they just found a lookalike, and Tito... Ended up in a gulag somewhere. Well, that like makes that's, sense. They did that a lot. Stalin was famous for it. Well, that, well that's what they're saying. And they said he said hundred Stalins. And he said, and he said, and he said that they sent the the interloper, and Yugoslavia was supposed to fall under because Tito was about like, no, 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 we don't want any part of anything. Yeah. And then it ended up if this Tito was the substitute Tito, that was doubly shitty for Stalin because he said like, nope, I'm not part of the East Bloc, I'm not part of West Bloc, and he famously with Nauru and. Uh, I forget the Egyptian guy started the non-aligned nations, mm. and and that's why like Zagreb in particular, and I, I would expect Belgrade as the capital of the country. Same thing. The universities were filled with like people from third world countries. Yeah, tons of African students, tons of students from Southeast Asia. You know, there was always it was very metropolitan actually. Surprisingly enough, you know, because they would get free schooling mm. or or most or inexpensive schooling, but it was as close. The education, I mean, at least the, hell, high school education was way better than fucking in the U.S., without yeah. a doubt, you know. But the, the education was set up differently, and I don't know, I mean, you went to college in the U.K., so you can tell me differently. Um, college in the former Yugoslavia, I mean, it's been years, so I don't know what's going on now, was you got to college. Uh-huh. These were the requisite courses that you had to take in a year. So, like, your freshman year, sophomore year, whatever. You take the courses... And then you apply to sit the exam for the course. Uh-huh. And if you don't pass the exam, technically you don't pass the course. Yeah. So you have to go back and take the course over again. and then if, Or 
you don't have to take the course over again, but you have to figure out how you're going to pass this, you know, whether you study yourself or whatever. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether you had to take the course or not. But then you take the exam again at some mm -hmm. later point. So you could technically be in school for eight years. They mm -hmm. don't care. Yeah, yeah, but you're not getting a degree without passing this test huh. or passing this course. So everything was very much on the adult level. So we're here to teach. Yeah. Whether you come to class or not, I don't give a shit. Because yeah, yeah. I'm not your babysitter. I'm here to teach people who want to learn. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if you, were, if you were driven or whatever, you did your courses and you sat your exams. So like I said, every course that you took in college had an exam that you apply for and then you sit. Almost like medical boards. Yeah. And that's when you got your degree, when you passed all of those. So, like I said, I, I don't know what, what the UK collegiate experience I was. I wouldn't even know because I, I just did acting. Right. Well, so it's, it's a different animal. Yeah, I just got a pat on the head and be like, good acting. That's all I got. Bad acting. Do better next maybe time. Maybe a little finger down below. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, that's good. It's a very old-fashioned... Again, if I went to a more modern or a more um, collegiate institution to do acting, it would have been more like that. My wife went to a more collegiate-style mm -hmm. modern uh, study to study acting. And yeah, it was yeah. more like that. But I, the, the, one of the downsides of going to a very old-fashioned Royal Academy yeah. is that they've kind of left their own devices for the past 200 years. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very like, uh, we're, we're studying technique, we're learning classes, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you learn what you learn, and like, you know, you are your I had results. to do it, so you have to do it, fuck off. Yeah, it's yeah, like, there's yeah, no yeah. like, you know, everyone's on the same level here. There's it's very no communist in a way. There's no like... We're not comparing each other to anyone. Right, There's right, no right, marks. Right. Yeah, it's just yeah. you come out as you come out and it's down to you. And oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's no papers. There was no... There's nothing to say how well you were doing. No. Nope. Which in the arts makes sense. Yeah. Because it's subjective, isn't it? Yeah. And that's how they do it. That, 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 makes, that makes the most sense to me. The, the, the downside is no one ever tells you you're good. Yes. That's what I find out. You just well, always get criticism. I mean, I think about my friend Kate. And hopefully we can have her on as a guest. Um, she's doing grad school now. Mm. She does eighty fucking weeks, eighty hours a week. Yeah. And like, what was it? She she sent a text, and I I can look it up. In one day, she did six monologues, two plays. Yeah. And I forget some other performance. And I'm like, in one fucking day? Yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck? When? What? You know, to me that's like insane. Like, are you supposed to entertain people? Or are you supposed to just be a fucking, like, android actor that, you know, on demand, you can do all this shit? It, it, it seemed, like, crazy to me. We did 60-hour weeks sometimes. Yeah. Like, that was, that was, that could be regular as well. Like, no, well, I get it because of all the rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you want to get it right. And, and they're separate. And that's the thing. And the school doesn't care. They're like, you have rehearsals for the show, and that takes up X amount of hours. Yeah. But you also have all your other regular classes that you yeah. have to keep up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those teachers don't give a shit that you're No, no, no. You no. still need to do that. Yeah. They're like, yeah. you have to do your, you have to go to sing lesson. You have yeah. to go to, you know, you have to go to your rep class. You have yeah. to do your rehearsals. And you also have fun time to go to theory class. Like, yeah. you have to do yeah, yeah, all yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So now, for, oh, for that tangent, from Russia with Love, I loved Robert Shaw minus the Shark Tanks. And he was brilliant in it. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, he didn't actually even have that much screen time, but he was just wonderful. Oh, he was really, really good. Really good. I think he's, he's like... The, yeah. the proxy, the little proxy fight between the Bulgarians and the Gypsies, yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, super sexist, all of it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, lots of fun. 
But Skyfall. I know, yeah. You can't compare it. We get introduced to Money Penny. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his face? Javier Bardem. I can't think of a better adjective for his performance in that than delicious. Mm. He was just a delicious villain. Like all of the scope of it is, we lose M. You know, Ray Fiennes is introduced as the possible replacement. New Q is in there. All of it is just so good. Mendez is uh, 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 just the background shots. Like I said, I think he exceeded it in Spectre. I think Spectre was just a visual feast. Yeah. Uh, but Skyfall, I, I just... all look, The finality of M and just all of it. You know, like him coming back to his roots, sort of. Yeah, and you have these classic actors, like you said. you got, obviously, Judy Dench still in. Yes. you got Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes. Albert Finney. Albert Finney. Like, these are top actors. This yes. is something none of the other films have done. Yes. I mean, we've got, like, Pierce Brosnan, with the exception of a couple of the bad guys in those films. Yep. It was like void of yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. It, there was a real wilderness period in these films where like there were not actors in these films. It, it, Sean Connery and some of the other ones they did, like I said, Rob Shaw, good actor. Yeah, and then Roger Moore, another one. There were no actors no in no those no. Films. With the exception of Christopher Lee and and yeah. and, and what's his and face? Walken. Uh, well, Walken, true. Yeah. And and um, oh, he was knickknack actually. Uh, Z-Plane. Uh, uh, oh, Nick-Nack? Yeah. Hervé Villachez? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I, but, I mean, yeah. when you think about it, he was kind of a classical actor, but they just, yeah. like, no one's putting little people in movies for any reason whatsoever. Yeah. Um, you're right. It, 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 Skyfall was really the one that really reached for the for the stars. Yeah. It just you had know? everything. Well, was... I mean, Casino Royale started with it, with Mads Mikkelsen, and then What's-His-Face that played uh, Mr. White... Yeah. You know, so they started, but Skyfall definitely, like, kind of put it over the top there. So, yeah, I, I, Skyfall beats From Russia With Love. Yeah. Like, does. I have a lot of nostalgic reasons for loving From Russia With Love. Yeah. But uh, Skyfall, I think, was the better movie. And it's fair. I think Sean Connery has actually even said that Daniel Craig is his favorite. He thinks he's the best Bond. Yeah. Sean Connery said he was asked, and he was like, no. He thought, I think Daniel Craig's the best Bond we've had. I, 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 you know what? Uh, we, we can discuss this, and we said we we're going to talk about which one is the favorite. But, I mean, Craig, Connery, that's, it's almost like a 1A and 1B to me. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's true. I think it really is. Um, you can make the argument, I, th- I would argue Connery better just because he originated it and didn't have anything to go off. Mm-hmm. Daddy Craig gets to pick all the best things of everything he's seen. Yeah. And also... A whole library of movies to see. Uh, yeah, and I think you could put Sean Connery... Obviously, it wouldn't be Sean Connery now, but you could put that that performance in any of the Daniel Craig movies, and I think it would still be a great movie. Yeah. But I don't, you couldn't quite stick Daniel Craig in some of those... In the Connery movies? movies? No. And it would I don't think so. I don't think so. You'd yeah, be no. like... He wouldn't pass the screen test. They'd be like, who is this guy? Yeah, I... I yeah. I don't think he's Yes, I don't think it would work. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Casino Royale versus Spectre. This one for me is easy. And yeah, like yeah, I said, yeah. Spectre is Sam Mendes' second one. The visuals that he establishes, whoever his cinematographer is, his DP, it was like National Geographic shots. It was just beautiful, you know? Yeah. The opening scene in Mexico City for uh, Dia de los Muertos, um, the, the, the scenes in the desert in Tunisia, the scenes at night, the car chase through Rome. The yeah. car chase through Rome, I recognize the structures from Breakout Revenge, like in the racing. And I was just like, wait a minute. It's literally the path that like one of the races takes. And I was like, yeah. 
that's from the video game. I mean, the shots were so beautiful. Yeah. I thought the movie was good. Monica Bellucci, I'll watch her fold laundry because I, I think she's just wonderful. Um, I thought the plot was a little weak. Again, like Quantum of Solace, Spectre was better to me the second time I saw it. Uh-huh. Like, I didn't think much of it when I saw it. I was like, eh, it was okay. But then when I watched it on the second time, I was like, no, 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 this is better than I than I give it credit for. Mm. Casino Royale, though. And, and I mean, this is going to be my recurring theme. Casino Royale, Eva Green is just a trump card in this. I think her performance and just the whole... Her Mathis, and you think, oh, we bagged Mathis. He's the bad guy. The whole, the whole. Mads Mikkelsen is great Eva as Green Le Chiffre. Eva Green. Not only is she amazing in the role of the Bond girl. Yes. I. She's up there. If if you were ever to do the, you know, the alt, the ulterior universe of a female Bond. Bond. Yeah, like, for sure. She holds herself in that regard. Like yeah. she could be Bond. Yes. Like she's that charming. Because even though, in even the though, train she... where they're going against each other. It's like it's not like it's a great Bond girl and great Bond. It's almost like it's like two equal forces. Chess masters, yeah, 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 absolutely. And although, ironically enough, she said that Bond should never be a woman when they interviewed yeah, her. Right. Um, but like I said, if you do like Elizabethan times, Bond, Bond, the fact that Bond would be a woman would be perfect. I although I almost agree with her with the, the not being a Bond. I think there's is some very good um, when you come to that, the feminist argument or whatever else. It gets very. You know, it's it's a rocky ground. It's yes. hard to, yes. but I think there is very much to be said for the fact that even though it comes from a good place, yeah. to argue that there would be a female bond is you know is a good thing for feminism and for I think you very much is the opposite argument, which a lot of people say. And I think she's of the same. But it's like, well, you have a, an iconic male character, right? It's empowering to women to just give a woman an iconic male role that men have made big. Yes. How about let it just be a man? Yes. And then we'll just find an iconic female character yeah. for a woman to embody. Yeah. That no one is ever going to suggest let's make a some, man could play. And then that's the most empowering. Let's thing. make some Matahari movies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, why does it like yeah. it's it's And there's and there's so many actually I love I love actually historical nonfiction. And mm. I love especially the espionage books. There are so many women in World War II that when you read what they've done, you're like, Jesus Christ, like, how come they don't teach this in the history books? They've been trying to make it, they've been planning on making a Florence Nightingale movie for a long time. Yeah, well, I, th- I feel like that's coming. I hope uh-huh. yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think Eva Green, like, and like I said, that scene at the end where she's trapped in the elevator yeah. and she breaks off the key and they're in the water. And like I said, that should have gotten... She should have gotten an Oscar for that movie. That scene underwater. So they're not talking. Yeah. The way she conveyed the sorrow, the love, the regret, the it's okay, let me go. Underwater without talking, just with her facial expressions and her eyes. Yeah. Like I said, I, I watched it. And at that point, I must have seen the movie because I love that movie. I must have seen it 10 times. And every time I see it, like I, I just get a lump in my throat and my eyes well up because yeah. it was so well done. To me, I mean, and I thought Daniel Craig was great. The action scenes, the whole uh, uh, free running in the beginning, you know, all of it, I thought was fantastic. The, 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 the... Well, that also doesn't make sense. There's one thing I'd say about the free running is I was, as I was watching that scene, my wife was saying, like, he's causing so much damage. And I was like, never mind the damage. 
what's going on here? It's like the horror movie dynamic. It's like you keep going up and up and up and up and up. And like, where are you leaving? Where are you going? Yeah. I'm like, the guys, when the point with the guy you're chasing is running up fucking cranes. Yes. I'm like, okay. Just sit, sit and wait. Just wait. Yes. He's not coming yes. down from yes. that crane. Yes, Like, exactly. what are you going to do? Yes. Like, I, tell you what the, I tell you what the Sean Connery Bond, would, the Roger Moore Bond would do. Instead of chasing about the fucking crane, he'd have knocked out the crane operator yes. and got in the crane yep. and just maneuvered yes. the thing into the sea. Yes. And like, see you later. It's, it's, but that, but that's that's my complaint about all the Craig movies. Yeah, yeah. Nothing's fucking done in secret because <laughs> like literally buildings in the middle of downtowns are blowing up. And it's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, where's the cameras? Where's the ambulances? Where's the fire and the police? Yeah, but no, that's my biggest knock on all the Daniel Craig movies. There's no espionage, but I'd also maybe I could argue that for the modern times, he is more of the operative you would find. In the real world, like you know, the anti-terrorism because, yeah, because now yes. it's, it's changed. Yeah. Now it, you're fighting civilians with you know bombs in public, yeah. as opposed to the Cold War where yeah. it was like boardrooms and politics and will they, won't they, and so of course the agents were more secretive. But now it's a very physical, it's very kinetic. That's the sort of who you're fighting. So the real in the field agents would be the sort of people who would be. It would less. It would be less like the guy who can you know be in anything in Soviet Russia and do that and it's more like hey how about we need to find someone who if he needs to is going to jump on yes. a dude with a, a chest bomb yes. in the middle of a square yes. and stop everyone from dying yes. Like, yes. and that's who he is yes. he is that guy yes exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah but so Casino Royale goes B Spectre yeah I, I, I think easy alright so now do we want to do the Connery showdown or the Craig showdown <sighs> uh, okay. We have Skyfall versus Casino Royale and Goldfinger versus Thunderball. Yeah. And the train in the background is tooting our horn right now. Yeah. Um, you want to do Craig? Yeah, I did Craig. That's Let's do Craig. Uh, Let's do Craig. Since we're going to talk about Craig. That's, this is a tough good. one. Not that, Again, not that tough for me. I yeah. thought equally, both films were equally good. Yeah. But I think Eva Green is the... Is the ace card in this deck that just takes Casino Royale that much over Skyfall? Yeah. Okay. I that that's what I think. I, like I said, I think just the 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 trauma of that whole thing. And I mean, it's the first time you ever see where Bond really suffers a consequence. Uh huh. Because he's like in freaking hospice for God's sake, like for like 15, 20 minutes of the movie because his balls were crushed. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like literally. And you've never seen that in any of the other Bond films. Uh-huh. Like, you never saw that vulnerability in any of the Bond films. Like, the most you see him is like, you know, you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. I mean, you've seen him tied up and he gets away at the end. And this one was one of those, That's what, that, that was a game changer. He didn't get away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if Mr. White didn't come and kill fucking everybody, yeah, yeah. Bond would have been dead. No, I agree. And, and, and it completely changed it. You know, Skyfall built off the back of a really good movie. Right. Well, well Quantum of Solace came in between. Yeah. But, but it's funny because they worked the same. You've got Casino Royale was, you know, the big movie. Yeah. And Quantum was like the 1B. Yeah. And then Skyfall, big movie. And the Spectre is like the 1B. It's like they, they've done them almost in like they, they They've done the Star Trek thing where yeah. the odds are awful and the yeah. evens are great. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of, they work together, which is why I'm interested in the new one because it's a big gap, you know, five years. Yeah. Like, they have to kind of start afresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. But um, I think I agree with you. I think Casino Royale, was, when it came out, it was so uh, fresh. Game changer. No one was expecting it. Yeah. I remember seeing it in the movie theater 
and I'd recently seen the Bourne films. I think it probably came out at the time when Bourne was winding down. I think we'd had like the Bourne supremacy and we just had the last one that was kind of weak. With Renner? Yeah. Oh, no, not that. This was before that. Um, the, the, there was the trilogy. Yeah. yeah. The Bourne. Well, the trilogy came out, the, the third one came out long after Renner. Oh, it is? The yes. Oh, yes, of course yes, they yes. brought him back. Yes. Okay. So yes. I think maybe this came out the second one. Around that time, because the second one was arguably the best one, I think. Yeah, the Born Ultimatum was two thousand seven. Okay, yeah. And that was the one. Wasn't that the second one? The Born Ultimatum. Born? No, that was the last one. I think Born Supremacy was the second one. Ah, the Born Identity was two thousand two. The Born Supremacy was two thousand four. Yeah. This came out two thousand six. The Born Ultimatum was two thousand seven. The Bourne Legacy with Renner was 2012. And what was the last one? There wasn't... What? There was one that came out afterwards. Recently. Never saw that one. Wasn't there? There might have been, but I never saw it. Uh, Or am I missing something? I thought there was another one where he came... Where he was like... It was much older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2016. I never saw that. It was just called Jason Bourne. Yeah, I never saw that. Yeah, no, I never saw that one either. So, okay. So, so we're saying Casino Royale over Skyfall? Yeah, I think it's the best. And yeah, and for whatever reason, there's something about the Bond. The thing, my favourite Bond setting, my favourite Bond thing is, you know, Tux Bond playing poker. Yes. In a no, no, yeah, absolutely. With the martini and the girl on his shoulder. Like, that is my favourite Bond it's, thing. No, you're right. It, it, was, it was the classic Bond. Yeah. Because the showdown was in the poker room. Mm. Like fighting the uh, African uh, revolutionaries in the... That's all just filler, just yeah. about. The showdown was in the poker room. I mean, the fact that they gave him the, the jockson yeah. in the drink, you know, all, all of it, yeah. And that's I, why it's so nice that this film is even like... It kind of alludes to like that is his whole essence of how he became Bond because he only gets this job. He only gets assigned to the mission because M is like, I did the research and you're the best poker player we have. Like that's it. That's like, it. That's the reason you were here. Is like, yep. you fucked up. Like you're basically a hot wire. Like I would be putting you on the bench, but it just so happens this is the most important thing right now, and our only way in is through this high stakes poker game. Yep. I did my research, and you apparently you're the best, best player cards. we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why you got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and now for the other tough one. I actually like that the semifinals or or quarterfinals are tough. Yeah. Should Goldfinger be. versus Thunderball. You want to take the lead on this one? I feel like I need to watch Thunderball again to do it justice because I remember... Or maybe, I don't know, maybe this gives me something, but Goldfinger stuck with me. Uh-huh. I, it was the first time I'd seen both of these films. Um, Goldfinger just stuck with me. A lot of it, like, I love... I, it was so good. And I remember vividly a lot of the scenes in it. But it's also because it was near the beginning and a lot of the later ones I've forgotten. But Thunderball, is, I, even though for whatever reason it's not as clear in my mind, I remember watching Thunderball mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, that's a really good movie. Yes. I guess there's less iconic I forgot scenes. how good. It, there's, there's fewer iconic scenes in it. Yeah. But there's also like, it was almost like they did Goldfinger and they're like, let's get rid of everything hokey. And they did. Huh. Yeah. Because, you know, there wasn't, the, the spy mobile wasn't quite there. They still do the gadgets. But the spy mobile wasn't there. They had the big underwater fight, which I thought was cool when the US like Navy SEALs or whoever they were came 
and everyone was shooting the the harpoons at each other. Yeah. Goldfinger had the whole laser, which, like like we said, Goldfinger was the template for uh, Austin Powers. Oh, yeah. You know, with the laser trying to cut him in half. Like, the energy you're wasting just to cut a guy in fucking half. Just get a dude with a circular saw or a table saw, and you'll do it. And I love that, he, like, turning on, turning off, turning off, turning off. I read a, a book, an interesting book recently. It was about psychopathy, about uh, psychopaths. Yeah. I mean, it's my, my weird, like, hobby is that I'm obsessed with psychopaths or the study of psychopaths. And there was this book, and it was this director, um, Dr. Kent Keel. He's one of the leading experts in psychopaths in the world. He's a uh-huh. Canadian um, neuro, uh, you know, neuroscientist. Uh-huh. And he, he pioneered um, MRI research uh-huh. into for, psychopaths. For, yeah, he was basically yeah. the first person to start sticking psychopaths under an MRI machine. And right, right, right. Studying the brain. To see, yeah. And found the actual real physical evidence of the difference in brains, you know? Sure, sure, sure. But he talked about, there was a whole chapter where he was talking about the MRI machine and the practicalities of working with MRI and how it works and how cumbersome and ridiculous it is and people take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And like, they're a whole, you know, like literally, it's such a crazy industry, the MRI. And he was saying about how like, he had once he had to transport an MRI machine from one place in Canada to somewhere in the US, and it was in this big truck, this truck design that just held this MRI machine. And he was actually in the back with the MRI machine, like just overseeing the whole thing. And it was on the whole time. It was on, and they talked about it, and they said that it's so. I mean, it's an expensive machine. Yeah, very. But it's actually once they turn it on, they like design it to get in the factory. They set up, they turn it on, and then they never turn it off. Because it's just too expensive to boot up. I'm like, what? Like literally, <laughs> like you would never think it. MRI machines and the reason everyone talks about radiation and everything like that is they're always on. Yeah. Like they they don't turn them off because the cost to boot the MRI up yeah, is yeah. just so crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah. it doesn't make it sense. Is, to turn right, off. right, right. So, but it makes sense, especially like in a big in a hospital lab where you're doing constantly. Yeah. To shut it off and start again, that just doesn't make sense. Oh yeah, it costs like millions. It's yeah. crazy. They're yeah, literally yeah, always yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, like, in a world where MRI machines are always on, yeah. not people don't know that, but whatever, the, the idea that you've got this Craigslist laser was like, yeah, yeah. just like flippantly, like, bzz, bzz, no, bzz, well, on off, on off, on off. Like I said, <laughs> first of all, if you've done any kind of construction, welding, cutting, anything, yeah, the strength of that laser to cut through that stick, that thick steel plate table, yeah. the way it was cutting through, the heat of it alone. He wouldn't be able to sit on his ass for like yeah. the next three months because it would have been burned <laughs> to a sandwich. Because the heat alone to cut like that, like a knife through butter, he, he would have been screaming and yelling. He would have been like, "Ah, oh, I know everything." I mean, that's what he would have been doing because yeah. you know. So, <laughs> as as lovely as it, that was, and then of course the pussy galore. It was like really. What woman in her right mind would take a stage name, Pussy Galore, unless she was in porn? I love that. That's one of my, again, one of my favorite visualized moments of Bond. Yes. Is when he wakes Wakes up. Wakes up. And he's like, like, I'm Pussy Galore. And he just goes, I must be dreaming. I must be dreaming. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Like I said, but Thunderball, they really got rid of a lot of the hokey stuff. He had yeah. the guy helping him to go to the diving sites. All it, it definitely got a lot more. Now, the spy car was great, right? Yeah. With the smoke and the oil and the, all of it. But in this one, um, and Largo, Largo was the villain's name in Thunderball. He was just like, oh, he, they played the cat and game mouse. But then at a certain point, he was like, all right, number 12, or wherever the woman was, 
Get fucking rid of him. Yeah. Let's kill him. That's it. That's done. Not like, oh, I'm going to keep you around just as a plot extension device, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I think Thunderball was actually the peak of the Bond stories. Like, what a Bond movie can and should be. And mm-hmm. in a way, Skyfall kind of resembled that. In terms of just grandeur and what this plot was and what was happening. So, I mean, for that, I, I, I think I would take Goldfinger over Thunderbolt. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, I hadn't seen Thunderbolt in years. And I remember watching it. And I was, and you know, kind of on the edge of my seat. I was like, this is a really fucking good movie. You know, yeah. I was like, like really good. Because you forget about it. It gets colored by people talking about how cheesy, blah, blah, blah. But then you watch the movies again. And you're like, no, no, no. This is a really good movie. And Thunderbolt was that movie. Yeah. So I, I I would give Thunderbolt the edge over Goldfinger, and, and and it's it's the only official Bond movie that has well yeah no it's the only Bond movie that's been that they remade that the only, it yes. was the unofficial movie yeah yeah yeah, but yeah still that was the movie they it was the same remade. script they just changed the character and they didn't even change the character names that much actually yeah because Domino was the girl in the first Thunderbolt and she mm. was you know uh, Kim Basinger's character in the Never Say Never Again yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Actually, now you say that Domino, I remember that. She was good. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's a really, really good movie. Like you said, he's dancing with number 12. She's trying to lure him into a trap. And then the guy takes a shot when the music gets loud. And Connery, with a leg bleeding because he's got a bullet in it, yeah. pulls her and he shoots her instead. And just kind of covers up the hole with his hand. And then sits her down and walks away out of it because the other guys scramble. Yeah, yeah. And he sits her down and walks out of the crowd. I mean, it was, the the whole just like the the cloak and dagger stuff was really fantastic. He loves doing it? that. He did that in an earlier film. He did that somewhere in like the Bahamas or the Caribbean. That was the one film. where he sees the reflection of the guy in her iris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the dude clubs her instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that might have been. That might have been Goldfinger. It might have been, yeah. It might have been the beginning of Goldfinger, actually. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Thunderball? Uh, yeah. All right, Thunderball. All right, so this is a little bit of an upset because Casino Royale was number eight on the money, Skyfall was number one, and Thunderball is number two. So we have an eight versus a two. And I think, I think even the biggest Bond scroller in the world couldn't like, argue this. I'd see anyone's... What's really interesting about the way we do this and the way that we build these is that if you get people to rank their movies, like your Bond experts or movie reviewers, it would be very different than this. I think most people would have Her Majesty's Secret Service would be quite high. Yep. I think you would not have it turn out this way. But by doing it this way and comparing them off, I don't think anyone could argue that Casino Royale and Thunderbolt don't deserve to be there. They face each other. But I don't think in any other way of working it they would ever get to the top well that well i mean that's why i like it's 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 a little bit of an objective thing so you might like it or dislike it but these were the numbers so you know it's almost it's almost democratic yeah like more people saw paid to see this movie than this movie that's what we're going by it makes sense and i'm fine with it and it doesn't upset me that neither of those are my two favorites i wouldn't have if i if i'd pick my favorite bond it wouldn't be either of those but I'm fine with it because they're both great movies and they beat everything that went up against. Yeah. Yeah. It's fair. Okay. If you'd have shifted around, it could have maybe been different depending. Um, but so, 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 so Casino Royale Thunderbolt. Yeah. Which, which one I have, I, I, for me, I think it's easy. Cause like I said, I just, 
God, you love Eva Green so much. I do, uh, dude, that wow. scene was so good. I, have you see, Did you see the 300 sequel? I did not, although I know she was in oh. it. Oh, you're going to have... You need to block out the next week. <laughs> and what, buy, buy a gallon of lotion? <laughs> yeah, tell, tell your wife to, that you're going to be away on business. <laughs> in the back bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, because I, I was working at a movie theater at the time when that film came out and um, it was the exact... It's been that long since it came out? Yeah, Jesus. It and And it's been the sort of film that I would never have gone to see. Right. Um, because you you saw the three hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the three hundred was great. Oh, it was a great movie, but that yeah. was a long time ago. Now. Long, long time ago. Um, the sequel was quite a long time after it, and yeah. um, I saw it a bunch of times because of that. Because I was working at the movie theater, and uh, the guy they had playing, you know, replacing Jared Butler was the biggest piece of bullshit. Like, oh really? Like, oh, he was so crap. Because he was supposed to be the Athenian oh. admiral or something like oh, that. He was terrible. I did not not a fan of him. But Eva Green was in it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, she's Eva Green. She's doing the same thing she always does. But there is, there is a, there is a sexy sex scene in that film. Uh-huh. It is like. Oh, is she doing Xerxes? <laughs> Who's she doing? Uh, she's, no, she's doing the guy, the main guy. He's playing like the. She is, but she was fighting for Xerxes, wasn't she? Yeah, she's the baddie. Yeah. Yeah, that's what makes it even hotter. Ah, the baddie, they, go, they go to the war room. No. They, it's the big meeting of like the two forces up against each other. The two like captains, the admirals meeting. Uh-huh. And they just can't not have sex. Oh. And, oh that's what always God. happens. Jesus Christ. When I go in for an audition, I mean, the casting director yeah. can't keep his hands off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I t- yeah, very, very interesting scene. Yeah. I was, I, very, very interesting. Oh, well, then I'm going to have to watch it, yeah? Oh. (laughs) So, all right. Well, I mean, like I said, Casino Royale for all those things, I think they've they've done so many things. Like I said, it was the first time you ever really see Bond just, like, suffering. Yeah. Like, the most you ever see him is, like, getting over a concussion. And, (laughs) And I always love it because somebody knocks him in the head enough to knock him out. He gets up and he's fine and has a vodka. It's like that's the last fucking thing I want is well, vodka have, martini after di- I've been knocked out. Die another day. They have him. He's in captivity in North Korea. Oh, that's no. You're right. That's true. Yes, it's I forgot very that. Very similar in in many ways. Um, yes, but he kind of shakes it off pretty quickly. Yes, um, but he is. It, it's a little more abstract in Die Another Day. Yeah, because they did it all in the intro credits. Yeah. And then they're releasing him, and he seems like none the worse for the wear. He has a beard, that's yeah, it. That's it. The, 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 yeah, the ramification. A really of, scruffy one. Of the, like, he's had like a year of torture from North Korea, and he basically just has a big beard to yes. show for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 the, and that was the worst part of the, certainly one of the worst parts of the Pierce Brosnan era. And actually, one of the, I'm more of a purist, and like, I prefer the old fashioned bonds for this reason. And one of the things that still gets me with Daniel Craig, it still has it. Is the product placement, and it does it does bother me because I'm like, oh, the product placement still bothers me. I don't like it. Where, but, what, um, what what product placement? Oh, all over the place. If you went back and like, with the Aston Daniel Martin, Craig, no, no, I'm not the Aston Martin. You go back the Omega the Daniel Craig ones. Yeah, Omega. Yeah, there's his watch. Yeah, he's drinking Heineken. In like all throughout one of the movies, I think it's Quantum Solace. No, oh it's Quantum no, I think well, it is Quantum Solace. All the whole thing. And I think the difference is, is maybe living in America, you get to have 
you're slightly removed from Inured it. to in, it. In in yeah. England. Yeah. When the Bond films were coming out, the Danny Craig, whatever company was product placement in those movies, you were bombarded for like six months in advance of the movie it was full of Heineken commercials oh, yeah, with yeah, Danny yeah. Craig yeah like, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, James Bond and I drink Heineken and yeah, like, yeah, what yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. and it was full of Omega adverts and, and yeah 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 so much product so why wouldn't you movies. drink the most exclusive beer in oh, the world not fucking beer Heineken at all. yeah stop <laughs> drinking beer you fucking as we've Bollinger, proven as we've in proven. this podcast, why the hell do you go from the Vespa Martini to Heineken? <laughs> no, never, <laughs> never. And I will say this right now, yeah. as long as we're doing this podcast and I'm on it, I'm not drinking a fucking Heineken yeah. <laughs> right now. No. And um, realistically, he doesn't have that body with drinking a Heineken. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, you're right. He takes like 100 Heineken's that movie. But yeah, there's a lot of that and... I didn't bother, but my point being in that diner the day, the whole reason he has that big beard is, and it was the big product placement at the time, and I remember it, is um, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan then ends up going to a hotel with his big old beard, and he's yeah, escaped, yeah. and uh, he then shaves his beard with, with a brawn like razor, a, a like an electric yes. razor, and I remember the adverts at the time, the commercials with the electric razor when they were trying to make it cool yep. for people to use electric razors razor again, instead of yeah. like you know wet razors have you ever used an electric razor yeah when I was a teenager it feels like someone's fucking plucking your face one yeah. hair at a time yeah it worked when I had like four four fuzzies yeah 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 <laughs> when you got a full like if I was to take an electric razor to this I, I, I've over the years tried to and my hair on my head yeah. and the rest of my body is like soft and wispy and my hair on my face, for whatever reason, is you can make sweaters out of the fucking thing. <laughs> I might too, yeah. And, and when I tried to put, I was like, you know what, this is a pain in the ass, let me see. And unless it's, it's literally one of those things where I would have to shave every day. Yeah. And not even every day, but in the morning when I wake up and literally when I come home at night. Because if you've got anything longer than that, the hair. It literally plucks everything, and my face gets red and swollen, like like I got kicked in the face by a fucking elephant. You know, it's, that's what it ends up looking like. And it's like, uh, yeah, no, we're not doing that. But and that's the one that puzzles me. How did they, with Brosnan, get all the fucking German products in there? Because I remember when BMW took over, and I remember people were in the UK in particular were fucking livid, and rightfully so. Like, why would special branch use a fucking BMW? <laughs> We got Jaguars, we got Aston Martins, we got fucking McLaren. Why would we use a BMW, you know? And it was, and our, like I said, people here were like, well, what's the big deal? And I was like, have you ever read a history book? Come yeah, on. Lotus what you... is still kicking around. I'm surprised it was only the one movie there was a Lotus in, because Lotus was still kicking around at the time. They sure. Are, I think, technically, sure. but they were a big car. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what do you think? Thunderball, Casino Royale. Like I said, Thunderball was Connery's opus, you know? Yeah. I think it was just like, that was the perfect Bond movie. So it was really good. Casino Royale. And I mean, we've talked about who we think the best Bond is. Yeah. And like going back and looking at it, I don't think it's quite the competition. I think the competition would have been between... Or I said, I thought the competition would have been between Connery and Brosnan. Mm. But like you pointed out, and which it never occurred to me, because I wasn't paying attention to it, 
is the fact that Brosnan didn't have any chemistry with any of the women in the movies. It was just, it was bizarre. Almost like he was gay. It was just like really weird. Yeah. And, and so I would have put Brosnan in competition with Connery as being the best, or like head to head with him and Lazenby as being the best Bond. I always told people that Brosnan was my favorite Bond, and it's just because that's what I grew up with. Sure, when sure, sure. When I was sure. a kid, he was Bond. Sure. Yeah. Technically, Timothy Dalton, when I was born, was Bond, but by the time I was watching movies, it was Pierce Brosnan. My, my, my buddy Miguel, who, who's in the improv squad with me, he says, he says it's an unpopular opinion, but he says my guy is more. Yeah. Because you grew up what Moore was his bond growing up, you know? So it's cause he's he's a few years younger than me. And he's like, Moore's my guy. And like, there is something to be said about Moore and his charm as being a bond. Like in terms of just charm and being a char- and being able to talk people into it for, for just yeah. being charming, few were better than Moore. I used to watch The Saint when I was a kid. That, I used the, to watch those that. series were amazing. By the time we go to the bond, it's almost like a weak version of The Saint. Yes. Because he's older. Yes. It's kind of like, oh, it's like old man Saint. Well, not only that, I remember the first time I saw the saint. He was fucking angelic. Yeah. How that guy didn't have just like men and women beating down his door to just like sleep with him is beyond me. He he was beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah beautiful. Yeah. I was like, where did he find this guy? Like when he, the blonde hair combed back and everything. I was like, my God, thank God. Like Hitler didn't get a hold of this guy. <laughs> because holy shit, you know. He was, he was just, he was marvelous. Yeah, but... Yeah. I mean, all of that being said, my vote is Casino Royale mm. over Thunderball. Because like I said, the vulnerability where he's just like done, he's defeated. It's like the only one where he's defeated. Like you said, in Die Another Day, he's defeated, but they he, he isn't because they have the exchange. And it's Judy Dench and the whole, and she like hates him for it kind of stuff and all that. And I get it. Um... But like I said, Eva Green, that whole scene at the end, it's, in a way, it's, 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 that movie is kind of what On Her Majesty's Secret Service was a little bit. He actually falls in love. Yeah, yeah. You know, like for real. Mm. And he's driven by it for the next, like, three, four movies, whatever it is. So I, th- I think uh, I, the, all of those, even though I think Thunderbolt is a great movie, and just the... Um, it's yeah. more grounded in reality in terms of what was happening in that movie. They got ridiculous with all the explosions in like Quantum of Solace and Skyfall and Spectre and all of it. Like yeah, giant yeah. freaking edifices just crumbling into the dust, you know. I mean, they did it with Casino Royale in Venice at the end there, but I, I just think Casino Royale is just the best. I, no, I agree. I think it's, I think it's, I agree. I think it's the best. Um, I think out of those two, I'd go for it. Again, like the way it worked out, it almost worked in my favour because I didn't have to make too much of a difficult decision because there are movies I prefer. Right. Goldfinger and Her Majesty's Secret Service and... and um, From Russia with Love. From Russia with Love and Man with a Golden Gun. Man with a Golden Gun, yes. I prefer over these two movies. I prefer all those movies over these two. Uh, but we're left with these two and they were legitimate that everything they came up against it, it was fair yeah and I considering when it's down to these two Casino Royale was better than Thunderbolt yes yeah. it, it is a better movie yeah just all of it like trying to blow up an airline to, to, to tank the stock so you can I mean all of the little tidbits like damn that's good mm. like all the little twists and, and him just like traveling and and it's good and like the Felix bringing in um, what's his name as Felix worked well I think he's a very Perfect actor for it. Um, oh, he didn't bring Wishaw. 
Winchell was like... No, not Winchell. Uh, Felix. Felix Leiter. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, um. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, Jeffrey... Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Yes, he's, yeah. he's a great Felix. I'm like, he's the perfect Felix because like, I get it. I'm like, I buy his CIA. Yep. I don't buy that he... I buy that he's the beta to James Bond's alpha. Yeah. Like, he's like, hey, I ain't getting involved in this shit. Yeah. Like, no, I'm like, okay, no, I get... Yeah, he's smart, but he's not involved. Like he was. It's like I'm man. bleeding chips. You take the money, but we keep him. Yeah, yeah. Which to me is like that sounds very CIA. That's very America. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. You do the work, we take the credit. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> go for it. it's Rudy Giuliani all over again. That's what CIA is literally their job is to go around the world fucking with people and take the credit for it. Yeah. So yeah, I thought I actually thought Jeffrey Wright was fantastic, and he actually, and I'm glad you wrote that up because in Quantum of Solace, that's a little bit undersold. If yeah. you ask me, because you're like, he's on Bond's side, but then you're like, is he? Because at the end of the movie, he ends up in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, what's his face is, uh, Harbor, uh, David Harbor is kind of out because he kind of fumbled up the, f- the thing in Bolivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Because he's being the real CIA agent, which is the like, hey, we follow the money and the power. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We don't follow what's right. We so in, I like it because like when you watch it again, like from Salas, you're like, wait a minute, this is a little bit ambiguous. Did yeah. he do this because he's a good guy and he's trying to help Bond, or did he do this to get in power? Yeah. yeah. So I like that whole, you know, it's the whole thing. But yeah, I think Jeffrey Wright was great as as Bond. I like the dude who was Mister White. He was fantastic as just like the third party kind of villain, and the way they ended it with him, like Bond catching him. Yeah. Um, Eva Green again. I can't say enough about her in this movie. Um, I think we're gonna get a big surprise. Whoever the next Bond is, and I think we'll hear soon. I don't know who it'll be, but. Usually they like to announce it around the time of the last movie. Who the who the next Bond next girl Bond. is? No, next Bond, James Bond. Oh, 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 after Craig. They usually. I don't think they wait until it's done. I they thought. Usually... I thought I read somewhere that he's going to do another one after this one. No, this is his last one. I thought I read something like, and I was just like, oh, really? I mean, who knows? I mean, he could be trying to get more money, but I. Everything I've heard is that this is like he was had to be talked into doing this movie. I think. Um. I mean, Pretty sure this is his last one. There's all sorts of bookies uh, favorites as to yeah. Go. I think if you go by like the the bookmakers favorite, technically, it, Tom Hiddleston is the favorite, but I don't think he's gonna get it. And he's not the, right. The second favorite, who was the first for a while, was Richard Madden, who was um, why do I know that name? Game of Thrones. He was Rob Stark in Game of Thrones. <sighs> That's not a bad choice. Yeah, he was the he was the favorite for a long time. He he peaked. He must have got it for what happens is they have insiders, yeah. journalists who yeah. wait around the studios yeah. and they watch people going for meetings and they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Whoop, and yeah. you, out of nowhere he became a favourite because he'd obviously gone in for a couple of meetings. Yeah. Um, but then the same thing happened with Tom Hiddleston, he went and yeah, he's yeah, the favourite. Yeah, yeah. Um but I don't know, I'd almost expect it to be someone completely out of left wing opinion. Probably just just so they throw everybody off the scent. Yeah. Almost. I mean, they they haven't had shit. I don't. Wouldn't be surprised if they got Butler to do it. Oh, yeah. No. no would, oh, that would be awful. <laughs> that would be terrible. <laughs> well, you you heard who they cast for the new Batman, and people are losing it. For that's shit. why. Actually, that's why I brought it up is because of that. Because it's like left wing. I mean, yeah. as far as like star power or you know face name, like y- yeah. But as far as what? Well, well, when I saw it at first, I was like. How tall is he? And then I was like, oh, he's, he's 6'1". Yeah, he, that's he's not bad. Man. But then I was just like, well, he better start hitting the fucking protein bars because he's not a big dude, yeah. like in terms of musculature or whatever. 
But you know, that doesn't matter. These guys, they hire the best trainers and, and they'll turn. pretty broad. He's a broad, he's a big guy, but he's lean. Well, you're right. And, and well, that's the thing that fools you. Because on screen, to me, I was like, I don't think he's tall because Radcliffe in the Harry Potters is short. So you yeah, yeah, think yeah, like, yeah. he's not that tall. But they're like, he's 6'1". He doesn't look that tall, which means the proportions are pretty good. Because if he doesn't look tall and he's 6'1", that means his shoulders got to be pretty wide to make him look like normal. like 16 in that movie. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, ago. still like the, the, the sparkly vampire, Twilight, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all of those things. And all the other movies he's been in. So. But Ben Affleck's a good example of that. Like, he never looked like a big guy to me. He was just tall. He was kind of weedy in his younger films, but he beefed up. Oh my God, big. he was a monster in the, for, as Batman. He yeah. was huge. Yeah, real big. He was real big. Like, they, they show him when he's doing the pull-ups, yeah. and he's got... <laughs> freaking 100 or 150 pounds attached to his weight as he's well, doing he pull-ups. he was fat. That was what was really interesting is, and I heard him talking about it, is that like people don't realize, you know, the glory of bodybuilding or getting big is people skirt around the fact that in order to get this big, you need to eat get fat Like first. a freaking full horse. Like, and literally, like he went through a period, like, he was like, he was like, the second I stopped doing my seven day a week training, I was just a fat dude. Yeah. And that's when all the paparazzi were like, Ben Affleck's fat man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the amount of calories I was putting yeah. into me, like... My, my trainer said that the other day. He shows a post. He's like, we're going to get here. I was like, do you know how much I'd have to fucking eat to look like that? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I know. I was like, I'm not fucking doing that. I, I literally yeah. would have to eat my weight in a week to, 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 to get like that. Yeah, yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. It's like, I'm not 22 anymore. I can't <laughs> eat like that. That's crazy. It's, there's a reason why you can do that when you're 22. Because yeah. you're already eating like a horse anyway, so it doesn't matter. I was like, right now, I'd probably I'd become bulimic because I'd be vomiting every other meal. It's like, oh my god, I can't eat anymore. But anyway, all right. So then, that's it. That's that's our that's our movie. Is Casino Royale yeah. is the best Bond movie we think. Best Bond. Real quick. Uh, for me, I think it's Connery. I think Connery's best Bond. I I I agree. I think Connery is. He's he's the ultimate. Craig's Connery is just too petulant. Yeah. He's a little too snarky, a little too petulant. It's like, just be a fucking grown-up. Take your spanking and go on with it. Yeah. Instead of just being pissed about everything. It's easy. When it comes down to it, you put, if you would put them all in the room and there was a fight, like, chill Cody every day of the week. Oh, if everybody's in their prime? Yeah. yeah without a doubt. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think Lazenby would give Connery a good run. Oh, well, yeah. I, I think, think he would. It would be Lazenby and Connery down yeah. to the dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Without a doubt. I think those two would definitely... Because he's just, you know, he's... Just a tough Australian guy. But they have a very similar background. Yes. They're both working class dudes. They're, yep. they're same size. They're 6'2". 6'1". 6'2". Same height. Yep. Big guys. Yep. Working class. Yep. Fight for the living. Like. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. 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 Alright, so Casino Royale is our best Bond. Connery is our... Or I said best Bond movie. Connery is our best Bond. Yeah. Uh, did we decide... Did we agree on what the best song is? I think we did. Live and Let Die. Live and Let Die. Live and Let Die. With A View to a Kill a close second. Yeah. With an honorable mention, I have to say The World is Not Enough, even though that was a shit movie. Because I really like Garbage's performance <laughs> of that. Okay, Live and Let Die. And then, last but not least, our Vesper with the Monkey 47. Ugh. You want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Go for it. Put us out of misery. 4.8. 4.8. Okay, <laughs> alright. That's exactly where I was going. Yeah. This is literally the best drink. <laughs> That we've had on this show. Yeah. But it's still room for improvement. It's, what? There's 0.2 room for improvement. There's, there's room for improvement. I mean, listen. I'll tell you this right now. 
if I'm in a bar and somebody's saying, what drink do you want? And it can only be a cocktail. Yeah. I'm fucking getting this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the limit is going to change it, but I was like, I want a Vesper Martini with Monkey 47. Yeah. You can use fucking uh, vermouth if you want, if you don't have the Lilith, but this is what I'm having because it's just amazing. Yeah. It's, this is a 4.8 drink. Oh, well, well earned, I, I think. I, get, I would go as far as to say, whatever you're doing, wherever you are in the world, if you just make one conscious decision to change your life, you just start ordering martinis. Yep. Instead of whatever you would usually drink, and just see how vastly different your life turns out. Yeah, honestly, yes. <laughs> if you want to try a martini, go for a Vesper martini, and make sure you get Monkey Forty Seven Gin, yeah, and Crystal Head Vodka. Although Belvedere is a nice substitute, Chopin would probably. Have you ever had Chopin vodka? No. That's another lovely, lovely vodka. That's that's a French vodka. Oddly enough, when I was a kid, Grey Goose was the deal. Grey Goose is a very about. nice vodka. It's a very nice vodka. Chopin is a very good vodka. Um, it's French, yeah. but of course it's vodka because Chopin is actually a Polak if you, in, for people who don't know classical music. Yeah. Um, that's a very nice vodka too. So all of these are kind of right there. But because there's not that much of it in this particular drink, yeah. it's, it, I, I think they're fairly interchangeable. And I'm sure people with... Better palates will argue against me, and I, I, I can't defend that. But for gin, Monkey 47, that's that's your move. Yeah. This gin is something else. That's a, it's a, a very good drink. It's a very, very good drink. Yeah. 4.8. In fact, I think the show is over. We're never doing anything again because we're only drinking uh, Vesper Martinis with uh, Monkey 47. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's going to be, we're going to come back with the next show and we're going to be drinking beer and it's going to be like, oh, oh <laughs> this is a 3-1 now. We've gone <laughs> from wearing like black suits and drinking vest martinis and talking about yes. James Bond to just fucking around on Netflix with beers and our t-shirts again. We're, we're back to being teenagers yeah. again. <laughs> we're sophisticated for seven shows and yeah. now we're back to being schlubs. Although we can say, I, I brought, before, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, I said to you, like, there's a potential of a bonus episode. If we went and we watched a... Yes, that might be our introduction to our video series. Ah, I think yeah. so. Yes, we were thinking about actually watching now Casino Royale. Although I was thinking, and what might be interesting, uh-huh. if we get the uh, viewers involved, a poll. Maybe Facebook is the best way to do it, because I see it gets a lot of response on Facebook. Do yeah. like a Facebook poll uh-huh. and be like, we pick, maybe we pick like four bomb movies and we say, which one should we watch well you know I'm what? picking the best one the worst one they like seen around Moonraker uh-huh and then like maybe two that we would rather watch our two personal favorites okay like which one should we watch and we'll, we'll watch something from beginning to end we'll drink throughout the whole thing and yep. we'll just do a running commentary yes bullshitting through the film oh and, and, you and can watch the film and do us. the drinking game and find a, find a very yeah. classic Bond phrase yeah I mean if it's just Bond James Bond yeah and we'll come everything. up with that you come like say you get you get two, I'll get two. We'll both come up with like a thing. Like a phrase and pick it. Yeah. And then we'll watch it and then people can follow at home if they want. And... Yes, absolutely. I don't see why not. Yeah, that sounds good. I, I, I think that's a, that's a nice little bonus video episode for this whole arc. Yeah. Because we got the nice uh, 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 picture sh- shot that we did. Yeah. If you people want to vote, I'm going to put that up. We're going to release the last series after this episode comes out. Yeah. Uh, which will be shortly. Um yeah, the bonus episode is definitely a, a, a big a big thing that that we should do. Yeah, don't please don't pick Moonraker. I mean, it'll probably be interesting as far we'll have a lot of material, 
But every time we go, oh, for fuck's sake, yeah. we got a drink. Yeah, you yeah. know, we make it into a drinking game, make it silly. Um, the other thing, which we would like to say actually now as we're closing this out, if you're listening to us in Indonesia, in Equatorial Guinea, in <laughs> Argentina, in Peru, in the Netherlands, wherever you're listening, Drop us a line on Instagram, on Facebook, email us, you know, what's going on here podcast at gmail.com. Let us know, are, are we funny? Are we stupid? Are we whatever? And if you want to chime in on the whole Bond thing and which Bond movie you think we did right, let us know. We're going to put out the chart to, to show the finals and, and how we, uh, who we picked, you know. And yeah. if you have a cocktail or beer that you think is wonderful and we can get a hold of it and taste it, let us know that too. Yeah. We're here for you. We're here to serve. Yeah. Yeah. And do get in contact. Because I know what you're thinking. Because I listen to podcasts and people say this sort of thing. And I think, I love this podcast. I listen to it a lot. I'm never, ever going to contact you because A, I can't be bothered and B, like, you're never going to reply. But, like, no, genuinely, we will reply. We we will generally reply. We're very curious. We have a whole bunch of listeners from all over the world. Yeah. We don't know anybody. Where, I mean, honestly, if we got to the point where we were sponsored or something, I would love to travel to some of the places where we listen to most. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's Europe, Asia, wherever, and just do a show there. Yeah. And just have everybody watch along with us if you think there's some shit show we should watch. And, 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 or good show. It doesn't matter because I, I don't want people to get the wrong idea. The shows we picked aren't necessarily bad. Because yeah. there have been a lot of shows where we're like, this is actually looks like a fun show. We want to watch it again. Yeah. It's just like we're trying to figure out what's going on by watching the middle 20 minutes. That's a good idea. And I said that's a good idea. Maybe what we should do is we should pick like the countries where we get very regular listens mm-hmm. specifically yep. and then like go and find like the most shows from show there. Yeah, absolutely. That country. Yeah, absolutely. We'll sh- that's actually, that's, that's a great idea. I yeah. think that's maybe after this tournament, that's what we start doing yeah. for a while, at least until, until we figure out who's listened to what. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Alrighty folks. Well, thank you very much. So the best Bond movie that we voted on is Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. The best Bond actor was uh, Sean Connery. Or the best Bond portrayal, yeah. I should say, that we liked was Sean Connery. The best Bond song, Paul McCartney and Wings. Technically, is it just Wings? He never went as Paul McCartney and Wings. He just went Wings, didn't they? I've seen it both ways, I think. Really? Yeah. Anyway, Live and Let Die is the best song. And the best drink of this entire tournament without a doubt, is the Vesper Martini with Monkey 47 Gin, Crystal Head Vodka, and Nuali Pratt Vermouth. It's just... It's just... It's really... I can't wait to get to that barbecue where this is all they serve. (laughs) Yeah. I can't wait (laughs) for everything else that you know what? I'm going to have a barbecue in a couple of weeks and I'm just going to serve that. Yeah. How's that sound? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Alrighty, folks. Well, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. See ya.